0: Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Today, my guest is Sean Murphy. Sean's up in Chicago. Does work with Courtroom Sciences in the area of crisis communication. Sean, how are you?
1: Doing well. How are you, Bill?
0: I'm. Uh, I'm very well. I'm very busy uh, doing podcasts and, and writing articles uh, because that seems to be the thing to do during some of this downtime. Um, Sean, can you talk a little bit about our guest? Because I want to make sure everybody understands precisely what you do. What is crisis communications as a field, as an area, and how does it differ from public relations?
1: Sure. Well, actually, we do crisis and litigation communications work. And so, uh, you know, it is a, it's considered a part of public relations work, but it's the kind that, uh, you know, you have to do in a hurry. So you, you really want people who have the kind of experience that we do where uh, you've been in these very emergent situations that are high risk, high profile. And also, know what it's like to be inside a courtroom and work with attorneys on a day-to-day basis to understand how you can uh, really help them achieve litigation goals. So, it is a, a very highly specialized um, part of communi- strategic communications work, and uh, you really have to be highly experienced in order to, to do it and say you do it. It sounds stressful, <laughs>
0: because everything, and I've seen emails flying back and forth, uh, between our team in the last couple of days, things, things tend to move uh, very, very rapidly uh, in this particular area of, of what, do you, what you do. How do you, how do you encourage the, the – because it seems like timing and communication have to be everything, right?
1: Well, they really are, and uh, that, that's why it requires such great experience because you have to be very facile in your thinking and your actions. Yeah. You have to be able to think and write fast. You have to be able to respond, and you have to be able to keep – help clients keep on a strategy because it is a very stressful situation and people can tend to want to react emotionally. And so it's, yeah. it's keeping everyone's heads clear and on, on, you know, keeping their eye on the ball and what is the strategy here and how can we best achieve it?
0: Cause I've seen, and you and I have talked about this. I, I've seen some more, I think emotionally based <laughs> messaging from corporate America since the COVID-19 pandemic has started And there's several examples of probably what what not to do. But today we really wanted to focus on the transportation slash trucking industry. Um, This industry has been demolished by nuclear verdicts over the last several years now. And uh, that's a very unfortunate um, trend that's um, been happening with that particular industry, particularly with the plaintiff's uh, reptile movement, Uh, certainly has the trucking industry in their crosshairs and i don't think that's going to go away any any anytime soon however at the same time we have this very unique um environment right now where for the first time maybe maybe ever um the the trucking industry is getting some very positive uh pr for their current role in the pandemic uh, particularly with shipping and, and and trucking and getting these daily things that we need as americans to get those into the stores get them into and to households Um, as they, as this moves forward and we're going to get over this hump and we're going to beat this thing. What are, what are some of the things that you've evaluated with the transportation and trucking industry that you think they should be doing going forward or even more important, not doing going forward, because litigation is not going to stop. It's just kind of paused. What's some of the maybe key pieces of guidance you can give to our trucking and transportation clients?
1: Well, really, there are three things they can do. We you take them one at a time. Um, the first one is to really build on this momentum that's, uh, that that came uh, as a result of this crisis. So for the first time, as you say, a lot of people understand that trucking is a very essential industry and that truckers are critical to our supply chain. And you're starting to see a, bit, a little bit of a peek into their lives, you know, what it is that they do and how they contribute. And it's a story that's just as human as uh, as any story out there, and just as you know uh, Americana as any story out there. And so there is this uh, you know backdrop of goodwill that has been established. So the first thing that the industry really needs to do is build on that and pay some attention to its image and its reputation, and cultivate that image and reputation.
0: That's, that's, that's great stuff. Have you seen, and again, not necessarily for the truck industry per se, but if you have examples, go ahead, but just generally, maybe some boneheaded mistakes that you've seen in corporate communication um, where they're trying to do the right thing, but again, like you say, they respond more emotionally. What are some of the, the things that you have seen that kind of make you cringe when you either read it on a website or you read it in an email, or even worse, you, you see it on TV?
1: Right. Well, I mean, you know, there's a, a big difference between emotive communications, which is the kind of work that you and I do together where we're trying to touch people and, and uh, on an emotional level. And then there's an emotional reaction, right? And then there's the herd mentality around the emotional reaction. So uh, one thing that we have seen is the, the herd mentality around this idea that um, from pretty much uh, many companies across many industries that <laughs> That people's uh, safety and health is the most is their top priority during this crisis, making me absolutely
0: insane, making me insane. And it's not it's not stopping, unfortunately. But I hope I hope some of these companies can make adjustments. And let me let me ask you about that. I'm assuming there are abilities if companies do step on, step in it early on, um, they can make adjustments with their
1: messaging down the line, correct? Sure. And they should. I mean, that shows that they're learning and adapting to the crisis. So and it's also easier to forgive a mistake if you fix it and you get further from it. And so I think that you, you have seen uh, lately companies that are becoming much more responsible in their communications and they're emphasizing the information that's important to their particular customer or consumer. Uh, but you do still have these mass emails that are going out there that uh, are making the same mistake over and again. And I think that you will see it in the courtroom down the line and it might be helpful if people understood what that ultimate impact will be. Now,
0: how about regarding rather than corporations talking to and communicating um, during this crisis with their, their clients, what, what about more internal communications within the company? Where, where do you see some of the the landmines or pitfalls there where you're trying to calm your own people down during this pandemic where you, you may put something in print or say something that maybe come back to haunt you?
1: Well, you know, uh, first of all, I think it's really important that leaders be communicating during this period and be in regular contact and uh, communication with their employees. If even just to touch base, you know, it's, it's good. It signals that you're on top of the situation and also that you value them. And you don't have to have, you know, uh, earth-shattering news to stay in touch with people. Sometimes it's good to ask them how they're doing and listen to them. So you do see, I think, some of the smarter companies uh, um, surveying and staying in touch with people that way too. Uh, Some of the mistakes that you see, I mean, people, it really does rely to, it really goes back to this emotional response thing. I mean, you and I have seen uh, drafts of things from people that, you know, maybe invoke religion, maybe uh, tell people to stay calm. It's all the things that tend to have a divisive or opposite effect. Really in this situation, clear information, factual information gets you the farthest with a demonstration of empathy and caring, uh, genuine empathy and caring, because we're all in this together. I mean, this is a moment where we should be pulling together and united, and any messaging around that I think is very powerful. And I think that the companies that you see doing the best are the ones that are taking this moment and using their resources to help others. Uh, So they're not sitting idle, they're acting. And and I think that those are very powerful things that companies are doing. So kind of linking back to the trucking industry, um, there are lots of opportunities to tell the, to create the narrative and tell the stories of what truckers are doing out there on the road, what they're seeing, because they're doing more than shipping um, uh, product around the country and supplies. Uh, There's lots of stories out there about truckers because they're out there day and night uh, helping people, saving people, transporting uh, pets, things like that, that no one ever hears uh, stories that no one ever hears that would really benefit the industry and its image and its reputation. So how does the industry
0: specifically to trucking and transportation, how do they get that message out there? for the long-term, because I think for the short-term, they're getting a lot of help from the White House, from, from the media, a lot of good feel-good stories, and the healthcare is kind of riding this wave too, but there's gotta be more of a long-term answer here because litigation's gonna go on forever. What wh- are some more of the long-term strategies that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, they're gonna have to put some resources behind it. They're gonna have to really uh, put together a, a strategic communications plan that, uh, is phased in over time and understands that this, you know, what's occurring, what occurred naturally will will just one day evaporate because the story is shifting and changing at all times and you can't rely on it. And the idea of what we do in terms of strategic communications is that, you know, we create the kinds of programs that uh, advance these narratives and tell these stories in a very planned way. And I think what maybe the industry may not understand is that they have very compelling stories to tell. And they have a very strong narrative to deliver to people. And so, you know, it's no different than any other image or reputation campaign. I mean, think about it. It was maybe a couple of decades ago, but the nuclear industry uh, positioned itself as clean energy at a yeah. time right. when, um, you know, the country, uh, was having you know difficulties with oil and oil supplies, and and you know wanting to do more for the environment, and so they found a way to position themselves as a responsible alternative. It's no different for the trucking industry. Much less complex, I might add, than the nuclear industry. Sean, what what are your
0: experiences uh, um, in crisis communication when you have an industry? Right, so you have the industry, say like the trucking uh, industry but everybody underneath that umbrella there's a lot of vicious competition for <laughs> for you know for dollars so how do you so you have an industry that has this very positive pr going right now and then you have all these trucking companies and transportation companies that are doing everything they can to beat each other up to get business this seems like that's a heck of a challenge here do you see some of this messaging more on the umbrella end of it meaning more of an industry message or do you see some companies saying hey this trucking company is going to give this message and we're not going to pay attention to the other guys kind of how do you see this playing out and what are your
1: experiences i I think that the first of all there are leaders in this industry too there are larger companies i think that those to step forward and put together a narrative like this and promote a narrative like this that celebrates the industry and repositions it, um, they understand that a rising tide lifts all boats. And since yeah. they're the leader, they will benefit most from that kind of campaign. And even if their competition uh, has a fallout benefit, well then so be it, but they would benefit the most. So that's usually how these kinds of things uh, start, that the top company or companies in the industry decide to do something about it to make a difference. And, and that is uh, something that will benefit them the most because, because they are the leader.
0: Great stuff. Well, Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know that you've worked with a couple of my clients, uh, particularly one of a huge trucking client. And uh, I think they have you on speed dial on this point, which is probably a good thing. But I'll make sure to send uh, this podcast to all of our transportation and trucking uh, clients and uh, give them your contact information. So if they need help with their messaging, whether it be externally or internally um, that, that we can get you on board as fast as possible.
1: Well, no, we are out there helping a lot of uh, a couple of organ- a lot of organizations in this uh, in this crisis with a, a couple of different kinds of challenges, and uh, yes, obviously um, this is what we do and this is uh, where we thrive. So, uh, in terms of helping others, and so um, yeah, I hope so.
0: Excellent work. We'll see you next time. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you, Bill. Take care.